Welcome to the podcast, November 15th edition, 2005. Is this the uh, giant flying beaver that rules the universe? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I know, the giant flying beaver. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard from the giant flying beaver since last week. He indicated that we might, you know, get him on an interview, but he's busy, he said. So, you know, he's busy. He's flying. He's a beaver. Maybe Russ can whistle him in, can hail him with whistles. Okay. So, we have some sort of distortion issues with uh, our microphone deal. I want you two, Greg and Andy, to tell me what this sounds like to you. Okay? All right. Um, sounds like Story's right. mom. <laughs> I would have oh, said I guess that's a little bit more... Th- I guess that's a little more throaty. Never mind. <laughs> Sounds like Story's mom. Ding! Number four answer. <laughs> Seventeen people said, Sounds like Story's mom. I was going to say you it sounded like... the board, Andy. <laughs> I was going to say it sounded like a delusional wren. I think you guys are a little bit too abstract for what we're going for here. <laughs> All right. Why don't you give it to us again? The point is more, is that a normal <laughs> sounding whistle or is that a crazy sounding whistle? Well, let's that's hear it again. Point. Oh wait, that's different now. Now that's that's to- now that's just thrown me off. Come on now, that's not at all what I heard. <laughs> Give me a break. I heard something. Like, I didn't hear it. It's like a slide whistle. Is that what it sounds like? Yeah, it sounds like a slide Guys, whistle. What the hell are we doing? What what are we doing? <laughs> We're doing slide <laughs> whistles. I don't really want to know what this sounds like. So wait a minute. Now is this related to Story's dislike of flash videos? He heard this whistle and he freaked out all no. of a sudden. Okay. Now it was. It's related to his uh, not believing that the uh, city of Omaha, Nebraska, exists on the map. And so when I made that noise, it is story actually related like, to that. Are it you is? deceiving me? Because that's you're not whistling. And I'm. I said I'm whistling. And he said, No, you're using some crazy other thing and fooling me. And so, so we're trying to figure out whether that's true or not. So wait, if you were whistling, that that indicates truth? Like you are true if you whistle, yes. that's what happens? If it's just me whistling, then I'm telling the truth. If I'm using I some mean, crazy implemented toy, then I'm lying. I, I see. Uh, Andy, I think you could use this at the law firm. If somebody's whistling while they're speaking, you know that you got them at that point, apparently. Oh, yeah, I, I already make use of that. It's not a problem. <laughs> or else they're missing a tooth somewhere. Your Honor, my client clearly could not <laughs> have done what he said he did. Oh, he's right, Your Honor. The defense rests. <laughs> or the <laughs> judge could just be a mute wow. with a slide whistle, and that would be the only way he can respond to the uh, attorneys. <laughs> Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> it means overruled. <laughs> well, back in the day when we were do- back in uh, when we were doing debate, we used to remember the remember we used to talk about the Scooby response, which was which was the greatest response ever to any question that anybody would ask, and it was just something like. Which was <laughs> which compensated for all possible questions because you can't really come back with a response to it. Like, what can you say? Like, what I meant to say was, and then start explaining again. I don't think you can do that because you've just gotten the 
And at that point, there's not much else you can do. That sounds so like Jordan Factor. Did Jordan Factor come up with that? No, I got to say that was that was that was one of mine. Although it was adopted for use, I actually saw that used in around. Okay. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something Jordan would do. The appropriate Jordan response is. Wow. Pretty disturbing. I can't believe we never used this in debate. <laughs> Can you imagine what it must have been like for somebody like, uh, for the people who starred in Scooby-Doo the movie, what that must have been like when their agents came to them with the idea? They're like, I've got a good role for you. It involves starring in a live-action version of Scooby-Doo. And just let that sink in, you know? Like Sarah Michelle Gellar watched as her career gradually began to fade into the background. Was, was that like five years ago, or was that... Yeah, the first Scooby Doo was like five years ago, I think. Is that before or after Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, I mean, five years before that. Oh, oh. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I'm like, uh. I guess so. Well, no, I mean. Where'd that career go? Didn't you think her career was like, I mean, Buffy, she was sort of on the rise, and then then Scooby Doo happened, and. I mean, I'm not saying that eliminated her completely by itself, but. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. That was after I starred in Craptastico Moonwalker, (laughs) and before I was in. Shite balls of fire. Craptastico was with the uh, special special uh, Spanish subtitles, wasn't it? That's right. Oh, that was my the favorite. I wish yeah. to make undecipherable dialogue, please. Craptastico. <laughs> uh, Ability and skill. He weaves the tale of Moonwalker, played by John Craptastico, into a more elaborate vision of dance, art, and music. Craptastico Moonwalker, coming to a theater near you. This film not yet rated. Wow. (laughs) Speaking of Moonwalker, have you guys seen this? uh, Did you guys see this thing about um, Michael Jackson got in trouble because he walked into a women's bathroom in Bahrain? I guess he went into the women's bathroom. Hey, I'm kind of confused about him, too, so I don't blame him. Uh, Yeah, well, apparently what happened was his publicist said, like, he realized he didn't, he misread the Arabic and came right out again, and then they said, but reports said that he actually put makeup on in the bathroom and then left. And then someone named Sheikh Abdul, somebody or other, came to his defense and said, everybody misunderstands Michael Jackson, to which I said... Is there a country he can go to where he's not going to be misunderstood in the same kinds of ways? Like, you would think that in Bahrain, people would misunderstand him differently. It's like, every time, he gets misunderstood in the same way, which is, he's vaguely effeminate and possibly a child molester, regardless of what country he's in, apparently. Well, in the land of shady gender ethnicia, Michael Jackson can live as a normal person. And now his story. Yeah, I don't think any of these are misunderstandings. Is that is that the <laughs> argument you're making? I don't. Well, these are all that concise understanding. Acute, acute understanding. Uh, yeah. Just according to him, I'm telling you. Do you know, by the way, that he's almost 50, Michael Jackson? Isn't that scary? By the time he's 70, he's going to be entirely wow. made of Saran wrap. Just layers and layers of Saran wrap. Like he's going to look a lot like uh, Lennon's corpse. To you know, give him. He will be translucent. Oh. <laughs> He'll be like, and then they'll somebody will pull on one end of him. It'll be like that part from Nightmare Before Christmas where that he they pull on that creature and it just comes apart. That'll be what'll happen to him. I don't, I don't know the reference. Sorry. Nightmare Before well, you've seen oh. Nightmare Before Christmas, right? No. I think he's saying he hasn't. I think you've that's never that's seen Nightmare Before. Christmas. I assume Story's seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I have, in fact, although it was like a couple years ago for the first time. Okay, but you do remember the creature that he pulls on and it falls apart. No, not at all. <laughs> I also have no clue what you're talking about. No. Wow. 
Okay. Oh, it's a trifecta. I, I just would like to yeah, point out... Yeah, this is an O for Greg. I just this like to point out... This is a Greg for four. <laughs> several weeks ago, we spent our time talking about movies like Enemy Mime and Mine, and then I bring up Nightmare Before Christmas, and you guys are like, that movie is bizarre and strange. No, Enemy Mime is the movie with the judge who uses a slide whistle and puts people away unfairly. <laughs> Enemy slide. To be fair, I've seen it, and I kind of enjoyed it, but you're referencing something really obscure. This is like you saying, what? remember in Shawshank no, Redemption the freaking when final he's, battle. like, sweeping for two no. seconds before... No, it's the final battle. It's, like, a slightly obscure. It's like, yeah, we're with Shawshank <laughs> Redemption, but we don't remember every minute of the, like, two and a half hours. I mean, it's my favorite do, movie of all time. Do you time. remember the final so battle? So I have a right to make fun of it. This is like saying you know no. everything about Star Wars, but you forgot about that guy in the mask who breathes heavy. Like, that's what this is the equivalent of. <laughs> All right. If you say so. He's the final boss. You mean the robot guy? Yeah. That guy named Barth Cater. That guy? Charth wait, Later. Wait, yeah. Charth Cater. Oh, I thought you meant, like, uh, General Doofus with the four lightsabers and the stupid beating heart, even though he's a robot. <laughs> General Doofus. General Doofus. He's my favorite. That was the worst character I've ever seen. Let's give this robot a cough. That will make him more realistic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a robot. (laughs) Still a robot. I have lightsabers. I'm cool. Don't look at me. Well, I have yet to see Star Wars Episode Three, so I got to see what's going on with that first. What? Are you serious? Okay. I was not. What? <laughs> okay, you can no longer make fun of us for any movie, anything, ever, at all. I did, look, I just don't, I was so put off by Star Wars Episode 1 and 2 that it wasn't on the top of my list, you know? I wasn't on my list of priorities to watch, you know, Anakin, you know, freaking Christian Hayden screw himself up again, or whatever his name is, for, you know, for the rest of that movie. It wasn't on the top of my priority list. Yeah, well, I you're know not on happens. the top of my priority list anymore. Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm oh. kidding. But <laughs> and everyone and was sad. we're done. <laughs> the podcast ended oh. with hatred and sadness. I mean, seriously though, Greg, come on. I mean, it's well, Star Wars. Yeah, but it's... I mean, I could see that if you said, and so I chose not to go to the midnight showing and waited until 7 p.m. on Friday night to see it. That I could see, okay? I under I understand. That's fine. But uh, waiting till now? It's almost out on DVD. Uh, that's true. And I think it actually is out on DVD. Clea's going to Netflix it, which is it kind is, of the way yeah. that I want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Give me a break. Well, see, you got to remember. You're gonna I, see it. Don't forget to find a DVD. A, don't forget to watch out for General Doofus in the movie. He's really entertaining. No, I mean I know about some of the characters already. <laughs> I also, I also know about like um, there's him, and then there's this whole like fight where he ends up, tur- you know, falling in the lava, and he becomes some guy called Darth Vader. I think I all basically know how the show ends. <laughs> no, he doesn't actually fall in lava, Greg. There's no falling in lava. Well, he falls sort of the lava tide. Sort of rises a little well, bit. Whichever. Sort of catches him, kind of. It's really lame, All you need actually. is lava. The whole thing is terrible. Except for the part lava where he lifts up where we belong. That's the best part. So wait, so wait. You, acknowledge that, you acknowledge that it's terrible, right? Lava. Lava. No, there are parts it's, that are um, pretty compelling. It's the best of the new ones by far. And uh, actually, no, do I think that's that? Not no, much. I don't think that. Um, the you second don't? one I actually thought was better. I liked the second you one. You liked it? Oh, I hated it. Oh, I hated it so bad. <laughs> second one was 
stupid. I did. I really did. I liked it. <laughs> Let's have but there were some good enemies. scenes in this one. Let's have I mean, Yoda just, fighting like a deranged Super Bowl. Better. <laughs> I don't know. There are just parts of this that could have been done that they just glossed over and skimmed over a little bit, I think. Oh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Did they have more painful dialogue between um, between uh, uh, between Anakin yes. and um, the princess? Padme and Yeah, Schmuck but Fate. I mean, yeah. painful dialogue between people who like each other is like the entire Star Wars tradition. That's what it all is. It all, it's always been like that. Uh, it, it out it's here, actually it enjoyable when it's Leia and Han Solo. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't that painful. That's only because it was brought up as being classic. You know, that's we think what? of that arbitrarily as being classic because it's okay. old. Okay, no. as somebody, as somebody who was no. alive when they were first released, I can say that it had nothing to do with classic reception. I actually was in the theaters, but thank you again for reminding me about how old I was when it came out. I wasn't going to say I saw it. the... Uh, I saw <laughs> actually, the Greg, I think that... I actually think that affects your judgment more than it being a classic. You saw it in the theater as a child. You're you're willing to embrace it from that mentality, and now now it, you have a nostalgic feel feel for it. I think that all the children who see these will feel the same way about them. I don't know, though. I mean, maybe, but it seems to me that a lot of what was good about the first one was that it wasn't entirely reliant on false digital technology, where people stare vacantly at a blue at a blue screen, and you're supposed to, you know, feel empathy for them. Like that was the problem with episode oh, one. Yeah, it relied on bad puppets. acting. Uh, it, bad acting, the old-fashioned way. I don't know. I'll just put it this way: Do you think that the um, in Empire Strikes Back were you more compelled? By the way in which Luke did his training and his stuff with Yoda, and and you know, then his encounter with Darth Vader, or were you more compelled in the second set of movies by Anakin saying such, you know, talking to the princess and having the princess say such great lines as, "But that would be living a lie," and then watching as we do like bad Gone with the Wind outtakes. Like, I mean, I was compelled by the first one a lot more than I was the second. I just didn't buy into the second one at all, partly because I don't find the actors as good, and that's you know. Personally, I think Harrison Ford made the entire original trilogy worthwhile. I think that his presence alone saved it and made it a classic. And the lack of a any good actor, Ewan McGregor being as close as you can come, but he yeah. did not have the, uh, well, the force Liam, to carry the whole or Liam series Neeson. on his back. Liam Neeson, but they killed him off in the first one before he could do anything. You know? Well, Liam Neeson, eh, the first one was just terrible. I Liam mean, Neeson's Liam Neeson was playing Romper Room for the two hours of the first movie, so what can you possibly expect out of him when his dialogue, he's talking to a five-year-old the whole movie. Yeah. He's playing Rapper Room. <laughs> Liam Lee, but you know, it was true. My mom said this. When he was on on screen, you feel like you're in the hands of a competent actor. Other times, you see, you know, Christopher Lloyd, and you're in the hands of uh, a terrible child actor. Christopher Lloyd? Or whatever his name was. Lloyd? Christ- you mean not Doc Christopher Brown Lloyd. from Back to the Future? <laughs> no, whatever Marty, the hell. We've got to get out of here, Marty. <laughs> not that guy. The, the other guy, the we kid. We need plutonium, Marty. Marty. <laughs> He's Jimmy Stewart? Yes. <laughs> Marty! Marty! Oh, what was the kid's name? So, wait. Slow you, down. So, wait, you actually... What? You actually have... Dust! <laughs> a yellow... Light... Mane! Sorry, that's just my favorite Christopher Lloyd reference. Ladies Let's and see. gentlemen, I have no Christopher idea. Christopher Lloyd, brought to you by Story Clayton. Um, that's that Taxi. Story? It's Taxi. Oh. His first grade contact. There's actually a guy in my office who is a dead ringer for Christopher Lloyd, though. And he didn't know it. He clearly doesn't know it. Have, do you but, want and I guess other people hadn't seen it until I, 
till I got there. And one day he, he walks up to this in the hall and he kind of staggers when he sees somebody in that Christopher Lloyd sort of way and says, Wow, Ed. Wow, Ed, I haven't seen you in days. And then just walked <laughs> in the bathroom. And as soon as the bathroom door closed, I said, Great Scott! And the guy, Ed, just crumpled in front of me in laughter <laughs> and, and said, I can't believe nobody said that before. Did, well, I mean, have you ever dropped, like, maybe clues around him? Like, have you ever made, like, odd references like, hey, ever think of Mr. Fusion and then walked away quickly? Like, maybe he would get the idea if people put enough things in his mind. Uh, he walked by me in the office, my office the other day, and I started singing, da, 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 da. And he stared at you for a long time, and then he walked away very slowly. He's an odd guy in general, so I'm not sure if he'd notice. Well, I don't know. Would you want to piss the off? The other night, though, I was I was in late, and he clearly thought that he had the office to himself. And are, are we PG on this program, guys? And he, anyhow, he just started swearing up a storm. I mean, it, oh, so he. I just I just hear from down the hall. Hello. I'm the great flying being responsible for much of the universe as you understand it. And while I'm sure Andy didn't mean it this way, the simple fact that some of what he said at this point could be considered to be offensive. And since the last thing we want from anyone is some undue attention on the part of the FCC, I've taken the liberty of removing it and replacing it instead with a pleasant white noise. I now return you to your regularly scheduled humorous podcast. <laughs> and, and, and I just couldn't help him. I just <laughs> broke out in laughter. <laughs> I have no idea what happened to him. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I can't even imagine what happened. He must have lost something he was working on. And he, he obviously thought nobody was there. That's pretty impressive. Anyway. Um, so, Andy, oh, speaking of is that guy uh, ever long let loose chains of obscenities. Is that guy ever let loose on the courtroom? Fortunately, he is a transactional lawyer, which means that he... Uh, he, he doesn't Where's meet clients, clothing? but... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he's a transsexual or what? <laughs> That's, that he's, kind of a, yeah, he's kind of a mix between uh, Tim Curry and, and, and Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. Can you imagine Tim Curry walking into a courtroom? He's like, let me tell you, the judge and jury, what I'm going to do. Da, 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 da. That'll be awesome. The Rocky Horror Law Show. Well, hello, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd and Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Legal Show. Have you met my Dr. Von Braun? <laughs> he is plutonium. I yeah. don't know. This wouldn't work that well. Um, so you were talking about changes. I was going to ask if you guys have seen the new uh, George Carlin routine, because it made me think of obscenity. That's shocking. No, I have not. Yeah, that's really a surprise. <laughs> it was really amazing. It's uh, It's been on HBO the last month or so, and... It seems to me that it's his last show. He really looks like he's he's about to die. As old as he's looked, he he's now hunched over and his face is swollen up. It, he looks very distorted and weird. And but the material was unbelievable. He did about twenty five minutes on suicide. It was it was really fantastic. It just it, if you could believe that he could get darker than his his previous material, he could make it more morbid. He did it. Oh my it's unbelievable. God. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm really rushing out to get that. I mean, yeah. cause the thing is, I have tremendous respect for Carlin, but oh my god, he needs to lighten up like 
by a thousand thousand times. Good lord! All right, you've got to hear this new one. He indicts the entire American system uh, all the way, uh, you know, down to the, uh, the fat, stupid children. It's great. I love when he insults children. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's just like everyday average children are totally worthless. <laughs> Speak it. Testify. <laughs> yeah, Carlin is uh, wow. Carlin is an interesting. Uh, he's an interesting fellow, and um, he's got to be. How old he's is Carlin? Genius. How old is Carlin? He's like you know, really old. See, if they put him in Star he's Wars, they would have been yeah, He's not as funny as that Gallagher. Now Gallagher, there's a real comedian. Oh, to me. Gallagher. There's hey, a Andy, guy. The way that time that Gallagher destroyed the watermelon. <laughs> What I love is when he takes the chicken and he throws it out at the audience. That's the best. Why do we drive on a parkway and park at a driveway? <laughs> George Carlin is like is actually not even seventy years old yet. He's about sixty eight. Really? I thought he's way older than that. He does. He is finished. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sad to say it, but I, he had the sense that this was sort of his last performance before he keels over. Um. So what happened before he commits suicide? Did Gallagher like right. Gallagher just went off someplace? Does anyone know what happened to Gallagher? Mm-hmm. Most people just realized he wasn't funny anymore. He <laughs> <laughs> was just going to say something like that. He woke up. They're like, "Wait a minute! We've been laughing at Gallagher," and yeah. everybody stopped. You know, I think that happened for a lot of people they in said, the seventies. Smash fruit in my own kitchen. That happened a lot in the seventies for everyone. They're like, "You know what? Gerald Ford isn't a good president. Disco's not good music, and Gallagher's not funny." What were we thinking during that decade? Doesn't that happen every decade? People just leave behind stupid things and move on to new stupid things. That's sort of the progression. Well, certainly of time, with presidents, really. that's true. That's yeah, certainly true. Absolutely with presidents. Well, I mean, what was stupid about the '80s specifically? We can certainly think of some things. Like the hair, the outfit, Ronald Reagan, the music. Ronald no, the Reagan. music was halfway Ronald decent. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. A lot of music. Cocaine. Ronald Reagan. The unbelievable amounts of cocaine. There was also, they have and the hair. Ronald Reagan. Which I think, to be fair, I think the cocaine influenced the hair, the clothing, and the voting for Ronald Reagan. So maybe it's all related somehow. How about the Chia Pet? Oliver North. The Ronald cl- Reagan. The Clapper. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I think you're making me play with Are we talking about what's good or what's bad about the 80s? What's I can't bad tell. about the 80s? Oh, God. Nice. Bad. We need some bad. token conservative to be like, what? He's the greatest president ever. I know. <laughs> I know. We should get Matt Freeze on this show. We should totally get Matt Freeze on this. He would be such a great conservative foil to everything. He wouldn't really be a token, though. And plus, he'd say he was a libertarian, and then it would be annoying. All right. That's true. For the time but being, still, can, I, be can I be the, uh, the token conservative? Sure. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay. All right. Um, hello. He ended the Cold War, you idiots. He's the greatest president ever. Carry on. <sighs> See, the problem with that logic is it assumes that he was the person in charge of the Soviet Union, not Mikhail Gorbachev, who actually ended the Cold War. And two, it would assume that he didn't walk out on an opportunity to end nuclear war for now and all time by having a zero freeze and instead walked out because he would have lost his Star Wars program. And also he ignored the poor and he hated racial minorities. And he was bad for women. And by ending ending nuclear weapons, you mean disarming the United States and living in flower child land where nobody ever threatens us ever again, right? Uh, I actually mean him putting, uh, getting Superman to put nuclear weapons in a bag and then throwing them towards the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! That's the right answer. He did not foresee Superman (laughs) 4. 
My I will rid the world of nuclear weapons forever by my putting them in a giant net and bringing them into the sun. My favorite part of that movie is the fact that everyone at the UN, including Yemen, stands up and applauds as if this is a good thing. They're like, good job, Superman. Like, instead of Yemen being like, screw you, Superman. You won't get our nuclear weapons. You don't have any nuclear weapons. Shut up. I know. You won't get our weapons. It is a little bit hard to imagine the governments around the world just voluntarily giving up their defensive systems. Be like, yay, Superman, disarm us. <laughs> you know? Wasn't that an 80s movie? So there's another example of something we need Absolutely to leave Absolutely it was. Yeah, so there Dolph you go. Lundgren played the, uh, the bad guy in it. Oh my God. And he had, like, really long purple nails. It was like RuPaul versus Superman. It was really scary. <laughs> it was the Tim Curry influence yet again. Um, yes. That's pretty funny, Superman. Have you met my... Solar superhero and his kryptonite skills. Yeah. How about Just some other to jump to the left? Let us step to the right. Put your hands on your Put kryptonite. Your hands on your hips. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys right that I saw. Um, <laughs> Let's do the time warp again! <laughs> and that's why we have to deal with time delay, and we can't possibly sing things at the same time. No, absolutely not. So, you know, um, I actually saw a production of uh, Rocky Heart Picture Show starring my friend Kevin Bates, whom you guys have heard of, whom you guys know. Um, <laughs> what? That is really a great image. Yep, he was in it. Uh, I didn't say he was Rocky Horror. I just said you, he was did in it. He, did he play Frankenfurter? No, 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 no. He he was actually in the pre-show, and then he played one of the Fran- one of the mansion people, like one of the not not the super guys, one of the you know the bit mansion type people. Um, so that was the role oh, he played. Yeah, the freaks. Yeah, one of the freaks. I thought it. you were going to say he played Tim Curry's character. No, he didn't. No, that was actually played by a woman. I would have really liked distressing. that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they do that a lot, actually. Yeah. I've seen the show twice, and the second time was really bizarre, because you have to remember, I saw this at UMass Dartmouth, okay? Now, UMass Dartmouth is in the middle of freaking nowhere. It's near New Bedford, Massachusetts, and it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And I go in, and there's maybe a hundred, this is Halloween, or right around Halloween. So there's maybe 150 people in the place, a lot of people there. And a lot of them are young, and you've got, it's hilarious, because as you're walking in, you're passing these security guards. And the security guards are all these sort of blue-collar, you know, you know, honest-to-God, salt-of-the-earth type guys. And they're standing at the back of the auditorium, and in you walk, and you're watching this collection of people who watch Rocky Horror, which is, let's say, not the same group of people who would be security guards, let's say. So five minutes into the show, I turn around, and all the security guards have left. Like, they're just like, I can't stand it. I'm getting out now. I don't want to take any chances. I don't know what's going on. I'm leaving <laughs> now before anything bad happens. And uh, and it was bizarre. Like, it was just, and, and they had, you know, like, um, something 60% of the group or 70% were people who had never seen the show before, were show virgins, which is an enormous number. So it was very strange to see all these people experiencing it for the first time and then watch the security guards reacting by leaving before they were poisoned by the appearance of these it was it was a very funny uh, sort of social commentary thing it was, it was interesting to observe what was going on let's put it that way first time I ever saw Rocky Horror was uh, on my 18th birthday freshman year at college and I went to Cambridge to that theater in the middle of Harvard Square to watch the rattle Rocky Horror, yes, it's quality. It was 
let's say not the best place to see the movie for the first time because if you go to one of these showings, these midnight showings, and you've never seen the movie before, then they call you a virgin and they put a little V on your forehead yep. and then they do bad things to you over the course of the movie. And, and then it was my 18th birthday also, which was obviously announced to the theater. Of course. It, this was just a bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That must have been something. That combination. Woo. Yeah, during the rice throwing, like there's some wedding scene where the, everyone in the theater has like a little rice packet, and everyone in the entire theater threw the rice at me. That's awesome. I that's, had, that's I had quite an experience. I was swimming in rice. It was in my underwear. I couldn't. I was rice all over the place. I was, yeah. Nice. I was Uncle Ben. It was great. Outstanding <laughs> rice for you. I mean, I guess that's fairly tame compared to what could have conceivably happened at a Rocky Horror Show. But yeah, I've heard of worse. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. There are a lot of people who actually yeah, got... Yeah, that's the key, is you've got to know. Yeah. There are a lot of people who got their careers, apparently, you know, started through that movie. Like, uh, you know, Tim Curry... Susan think, Sarandon? Susan Sarandon. Uh, Susan Sarandon. What's his name? Bostwick? Uh, Bruce Bruce Bostwick, or whatever his name is? Now you're stretching. No idea now that's that quite a career that got going there. He's, <laughs> he's the guy who played that Brad. One. No, now he's, he's he became the mayor on Spin City. That's that right. Is, that's what he does now. That's right. Um, there was him. There was Meatloaf. Meatloaf was in that. It th- was in there for the first time. But Meatloaf really? was already a star, right? I guess that's true. I mean, as a musical star, it's not like it launched a great and career for him in acting. No, I suppose that's true. Why he was in Fight Club after that? <laughs> well, let's put it this way: it certainly ended any career he had in acting. Wait, isn't that Brad Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Meatloaf's in Fight Club. He plays Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a sec, what's here? Um, so, um, yeah, so we launched that. So we had t- we had Tim Curry, Boswick, Susan Sarandon, um, Meatloaf, uh, and then I guess that's all the careers that were launched from that, <laughs> that movie <laughs> that I can remember. Who played Dr. Scott? Oh, yeah, Dr. Scott. Um, I don't remember who played Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott's the wheelchair Jan- He's the Dr. Wheelchair. Scott. He's the wheelchair Janet, guy, right? Brad. Rocky. Janet. Dr. Scott. Janet. Brad. Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, who was the other guy that was in um, Dr. Scott? And Oh, the guy who played, uh, the guy who played Riff, Riff Raff, the guy who plays the, um, the butler guy, the weird sort of Igor-looking butler guy, is also the guy who wrote the script, apparently. And one of the things I noticed as I was watching this, because I actually have seen since then, they, they played it on TNT once, the movie is awful. It is so bad, it defies description. The movie only works because you have a... That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you, you could save so many movies that way. Like, if you took the movie that we were talking about last week, like, say, The Village, and then we spent all this time joking about it, it would be great. <laughs> Like a cult classic. Oh, <laughs> you didn't. Oh no, you didn't. Did you guys hear oh, no. No, I, I, I'm just uh, too busy having Greg pick a fight with me. Yeah, he's reacting to my oh, village sweet. comment. Uh, I was just explaining the finer points of online poker to my Chinese delivery man. That's awesome. That must have been a real powerful cultural exchange. It was real powerful. He's like, oh, so you play and then you win lots of money. I'm like, yeah, that's ex- that's it. No, you just turn it on. You rich, sweet. Now give me my egg. Oh, it's like Progress Quest, but with money. <laughs> progress Quest, absolute. Oh, Progress Quest gets the uh, the map report 
uh, <laughs> seal of approval. Side of the, yeah, side of the week. Play, yeah. download, and play Progress Quest if you can find it it's on great. the internet. It's really high it quality. Best role okay, we'll, game get of all the, time. we'll get a website address for you momentarily. Yeah. Um, and, Andy, you know about Progress Quest, right? No, not at all. Oh, Russ, describe Progress Quest. Progress Quest. Org story, yeah. Couldn't be simpler. Progress Couldn't be simpler if you wanted it to. Okay. Well, uh, Story, go ahead and explain what Progress Quest is then. Progress Quest is the ultimate uh, online... Which is uh, short for MMORPG, <laughs> which is short for Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. I thought someone was taking you out before you could reveal secrets. Which is secrets. short for... You're like, it's the ultimate... The biggest <laughs> way to... <laughs> <laughs> Which is short for the biggest waste of time you could ever have in your life, but strangely addictive. Yeah. And Progress Quest really brings it all to the fore yeah. and shows you everything you need to know. Yep. So do it. Do it now. Yep. It's great. And it's Russ, also free. Download download it is a free. It is a free service. You can download it and play right away. There are no subscription fees. And what's the and it's a surprisingly no, I was, small download. I was just hailing you for a uh, do it now. That's all. Yep. Do it. Do it now. And do it now! Do it! Do it now! <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's also use. It's also good in this Thanks. context. Appreciate it. It's good in this context because you can actually no play it while listening to our podcast. So you can actually multitask because that's what Progress Crest allows you to do. It's true. It requires no actual attention. You can multitask it with just about anything. Right, because you don't have to pay attention to it. You could actually. You could make a sandwich. You could talk to world leaders. You could drive. You could do just about anything. You could drive. While progress questing. Drive, sure. Yeah. Although we don't, uh, I think we should officially not advocate that, lest uh, that seem like a safety hazard. Oh, well, no, you just, you just your turn it on your computer. You just turn it on your computer at home and then go drive somewhere, that's all. And then go go down don't for a quarter Don't give it away! Play this game. <laughs> play it, just play it. I'm not going to officially throw my support behind driving while playing Progress Quest. <laughs> I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back from that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, you have a right to say. I'm just not saying the same thing. <laughs> so I was going to bring up one thing, by the way, um, which is not necessarily a headline, but just the thing that sort of surprised me, which is that the United States is going to retain control of the Internet domain name system. And I don't know if this is good or bad, but I thought you web types might be able to tell me if it was a good or bad thing. I mean, they don't really control it that well anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't know much about it except that it means that we don't need a .us behind U.S. web addresses when everyone else has a .dot their country. Uh, I don't really know much else. I mean, there's so little regulation in the internet, as you know, as far as actual infiltration of lot of law into the internet. That the main idea, really I think, is it's a national security issue. At least we perceive it that way. I mean, we want ownership of all the main servers, so we could theoretically shut down the entire internet, you know, if something happened. Or we had control over it. Fair enough. That that seems bad, then. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, safe to Look, say the United States just uh, throwing their weight around because they can is bad. Sorry, I don't know about that. I'm I mean, executing a scout, guys. What's that? He's playing progress <laughs> oh, very nice. On Progress Quest, you're executing a Cub Scout. Good job. I have a can of Sprite. That's good stuff. A Cub Scout neckerchief. Do I actually um, do anything in this game? Of course <laughs> you do. You play it. Yes, you do lots of stuff. You know lots what you do? Lots of good fun stuff. You progress. That's what you do. You also can quest. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Forgot all about that.
don't seem to have any control over the game. <laughs> Just wait a while. It'll come. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? No, I was going to say that the whole shutting down the internet thing. I mean, my thinking was this. Look, it, it's just it's just like the Patriot Act, right? Now, if the United States thinks that it's in the best interest of people not to see websites from other countries, then I'm sure that our government knows what it's doing. I mean, they wouldn't do something that was, you know, against the rights of people, would they? God bless America. I'd like to note for some amusement that Russ is singing God Bless America with his mouth full of Chinese food. Just like to point that out for the record. Sesame chicken. <laughs> From the noodles to the high sour soup. No white rice. God bless my egg for young. It's so nice. Because I just stole a Girl Scout cookie from an underage Girl Scout. And then executed her. Al, I'm going I'm to take a guess and assume this is the first time in podcasting history that God Bless America, sung with Chinese food, has been followed up by stealing a cookie from an underage Girl Scout. I'm just going to go right out on a limb and say that. This is a first. I just got a, I just got a hump from, new from an underage camel. Part. You just got something from an underage camel? Hump from an... I got a hump that's from hot. an underage that's hot. Hot. Hot camel on camel action. I was waiting for no, that. No, it's hot, <laughs> hot human on camel action. Actually, oh. it's hot mufu monk on camel action. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> and the story was on. Do we have headlines or something? Lost in the universe. So who wants to hear about to the book reading? <laughs> Does anybody want what? to hear I mean, about the book I'm reading? What's the book you're yes. reading right now? Yes, I do. Anything that's not human on camel action. <laughs> so you want to murder Girl Scouts? A tutorial by Andy Terrell. <laughs> oh boy! I am Andy reading the Girl Scouts again, huh? I am reading The Time Traveler's Wife. Have oh! Read it? I I was that on my recommendation or was that coincidence? Because I freaking love that book. Well, don't tell me anything about I've read this year. Don't tell me anything about it, but it is amazing. I won't. Yeah, the yeah, Butler yeah. You don't it. want to hear anything about it, but do you like it? Butler did it. I love it. I I think it's going to leave me an emotional wreck. I have this feeling that it's building up to some stuff I'm not going to really, you know, handle very well. But I think, I think it's you know, I don't know, one of the better books I've read in a long time. I think it's safe to say the Map Report book of the week, The Time Traveler's Wife. It is by far. I've read a lot of books this year. It is the best one by a lot. It's very, very good. It's incredible. Yeah. It's wow. her first book ever. It's pretty good for a, for a first it book. It is. It's, Who is this by? It's her first, first book. Audrey Niffenegger. Is that her name? Something like that. She's a professor in Chicago, and it's her first book. It came out about four or five years ago. I think she's written some short stories since or something like that, but I haven't read them yet, but... Uh, Definitely, she is on my on my list now. Incredible book. Incredible wow. Book. And it's called and it's called and a little, the time traveler's wife. A little, wife, a little huh? the time traveler's wife. And it's enough enough uh, like sci-fi, I think, to keep you guys interested over on the uh, the Greg and Russ train. I mean, I, it's not uh-oh. you know, it's I'm certainly not me. straight <laughs> sci-fi, but 
I beg your pardon. I'm not very I excited about I the fact that it's called The Time Traveler's Wife, but it's only kind of sci-fi. That seems to me like a thinly veiled chick chick book, which is a very bad thing. Well, I'd also want to point oh, it's out... it's not a like, chick book at all. I'd also like to ask why it is that I wouldn't be interested in other things besides sci-fi, since my profession assumes other interests besides fantasy and science fiction. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Your profession... Don't worry, Greg, that, you'll love it. Your reality, It Greg? involves Shakespearean actors wielding large swords. Right, That's and that is also all I can. No, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think you'd love it, Greg. I'm not as sold that Russ would like it as much. But but maybe. It's hard to say. Oh, let's check it out. That is my prediction. I, I love the likes. I love the way she set it up, AFK. actually. I just think it's a I think it's great that it's, the it is she, uh, unbelievably she told the as story. far as a technical piece, as far as just a technical piece of writing, it is darn near flawless. I mean it is just amazingly structured and written. Just technically, it's it so I mean, tight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it did. It got a lot of notoriety. I mean, I'm not sure it like you know got the top stuff, but it definitely got noted by a lot of people. Like a lot of people picked it up, and you know, I know it, it did well, and I know it made like reading club lists, but I haven't heard anything about it being consideration for book awards. Yeah, I don't know details, but I definitely know it got it got well received. Let's put it that way. Let's see. It says that it is a real, it's intriguing science fiction concept, a realistic character study, and a touching love story. Ugh. <laughs> like I said, I can't guarantee Russell like it. <laughs> Just an old-fashioned love song. It says the science fiction would appeal to some people, but the love story will especially not appeal to people like Russell A. Guberman. Hey, you made it into a review, Russ. Just an old-fashioned love it. song. Sesame chicken tastes like poop. Okay. Yeah. I'd just like to point out, I just went to Amazon.com, and I was looking at some of these reviews. Now, Story, I know, has some experience with this because he has had his book reviewed on Amazon before. But I'm a little disturbed when I read a review like this. I could apostrophe NT put it down! Exclamation point, exclamation point. This is the first book I read by Audrey H. I had never heard of her and chose the book because it was a veil in large print, which is all I read. The large print book selection is generally predictable and a bit boring, so I was blown away at how different her book was. She did a good job of Your keeping time print will not avail you. There was nothing over the top, spelled wrong, science fiction about it at all. I even brought the book to work and read it at my desk while chatting with Kleinets on the phone, Smiley Place. Please read the book. <laughs> Cheers, Mitch W. <laughs> wow. Then you read it, it's like, my desk, National Security Advisor. Exactly. Signed, Paul Wolfowitz. Schmuck face. <laughs> it's true. P.S. Get those Iraqis. They're real dangerous. No kidding. That's his official title. Did you know that? In addition to being Deputy um, or Under Secretary of Defense, he's uh, also officially a schmuck face. I wasn't aware of that. Guys, he... Is there actually any gameplay to Progress Progress Crush? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, keep trying. I mean, yes. Wait for yes, level, six. level 6. <laughs> I can't wait for the December 20th edition of the podcast where Andy's like, Guys, I really don't think anything's happening in Progress Quest. What's going on? I've had my computer on for five weeks. <laughs> but you're a level 57, aren't you? You can really do stuff. Yeah, Andy, what level you can now? do stuff. Uh, Andy's throwing his computer out the window. I level one. That's it? But you must be high in level one, right? Oh, you're not very good. That's it. Dude, you've got to get better. you got to work harder. I just I just killed a koala and took it. That's going to be pretty hard. That's definitely an experience. 
can't can't deny that. Yeah. You know what progress test reminds me of? When I was a little kid, I had a teddy bear with a pull string on it, and it would give you motivational messages whenever you pulled the thing on it. Like, you'd pull the string and be like, you're the best, Teddy knows. That's what Progress Quest is, is that, like for me. Isn't that Teddy it's Ruxpin? Like text-based. No, it's not Teddy Ruxpin. Hello, you must Teddy kill Mommy and Daddy. imitation of my crazy bear with the gray pinstriped suit that gave me motivational advice when I was four. I am is the that new why you version. like the Yankees? <laughs> exactly. Because your bear had a great pinstripe suit. Because it gave you motivational messages while you were asleep. Down, you were like the Yankees. Mickey Mantle is a good guy. Don Mattingly is good Interference man. with the free market is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy knows. <laughs> Baseball will not be destroyed. Who cares about steroids? Gary Sheffield will be your the friend. The invisible hand is the most important thing. <laughs> That would be great. The the philosophical uh, pull string bear. <laughs> you just pull and you're just like... I think my parents read uh, Brave New World a few too many times. No, seriously. <laughs> you must take a leap of absurd faith. You know, zip, zip. The collective Jungian consciousness is something we can understand. Zip, zip. You love your mother, and you want to marry her and kill your father. This is called the Oedipus Complex. <laughs> Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> Daddy knows. <laughs> wow. Great. This is why we, should, wow. we clearly have to become a toy company. We're like, let your child think for a change. Sweet. Toys that change the way your child looks at the world. Everyone's like, that's great. Pretty soon we won't have to have toys for it, though. We'll just be genetically uh, engineering them. Just be like, do you want your kid to be happy all the time? Good, because there's no choice. We don't have the sadness gene anymore. The sadness gene. <laughs> That'd be a little bit scary. No, the, uh, that's chocolate chocolate manufacturing companies would protest eliminating the sadness gene. Exactly. There's always a business interest on the side of sadness. It'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I hope you're right. I'm a big defender of So has of anybody sadness. ever read a book called The Young Unicorns? Called The Young Unicorns? The Youngian Corn? Right. Children of the Youngian Corn? It's like <laughs> corn that knows exactly how to get to your deeper innermost fears and thoughts. It's, it's, the, it's the corn or everyone... of Young's feet it, problems. It's where like one kid thinks of corn and all the kids think of corn in exactly the same way without realizing why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> corn! Absolutely. Corn! Why corn. are we all thinking of corn? What do you think of when you think True. of corn? You think of it being husked? So do I! That's so weird! Um, so, Andy, did you say the Jungian corn, or did you say the young unicorns? The young unicorns. Okay. Are we, like, putting together a reading list for six-year-old girls tonight? Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Very precocious six-year-old girl. Uh, um, no, I have not read that, Andy. I read the other three books of hers, Wrinkle in Time, Swiftly Tilting Planet, and the other one that I can't remember. A Wind in the Door. Right, A Wind in the and Door. She's written about. she's written about 25 others. Yeah, well, I sort of, I think, as I recall, the, well, I was a kid when I read these, of course, and as I read them when I got to the third book, I became so confused that I put it down and sort of stepped away from the book slowly. I think it's still lying on the floor where I left it, in my old house in New Jersey. It is It, it is written for children, Greg. Uh, but the third book, you would admit, is a little Greg bit odd. Greg was never a child, though. Yeah, I just went, I just skipped and went straight and to the that's what we have to remember. That's right. Um, before they had children. In the old days, there were no children. They were just adults, straight from the womb. No, um, it was a little bit bizarre, that book, wasn't it, Andy? I mean, that book was a little... You'd admit that book's a little off the beaten path. The last 
I mean, they're all kind of bizarre. They're science fiction about traveling through time into different planets. Yeah, but the uh, the first one is considerably less complex than the next two. Yeah, like most trilogies, things get more and more complex over you know the course of the trilogy. But I think it's it's not so complex because you're building up to it. It's not to be very complex to just start out with it. But I would you argue understand a lot of the concept. I see that the Rocky movie series got less complex as it went through. <laughs> I agree with that. At the end, it was just you just showed a guy like hitting somebody in Rocky Five. It was just somebody beating someone else up. That was it. Yeah. Well, he's you know, we may be making a Rocky movie list for six-year-old girls. I mean, a book list for six-year-old girls, but I think we're making a movie list for like six-year-old idiots of any gender. <laughs> get the Rocky, oh. the later Rocky movies, oh. Superman Four, sadness. Back to the Future. Back Ronald to the Future. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> That's true. Back to the Future. Sorry, I thought we were just mentioning bad stuff again. I I got distracted. <laughs> Thor's bad things alert went off. Ronald Reagan, Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, Ronald. <laughs> the patron saint of bad things in the 80s, Ronald Reagan. Okay, fine, I'll pitch one more book since my, my young unicorns didn't go overall. I'm going to pitch okay. The Is Great Divorce My Little by Pony, Lewis. the novel. <laughs> the Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Is this that movie with Naomi Watts? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's Lead Divorce. <laughs> oh. Um, what's the one, Andy, by C.S. Lewis where he talks about his wife and her passing? I can't remember the name of the book. Shadowland. Well, there's the movie Shadowland, no, which is But I thought that one was about of, him, not oh, by the him. Oh, book? Was it about book? him, not by him? Yeah, it was about him. What's, it was, what's the book that was by him? It's one of the most amazing movies of all time. You sure you're not talking about A Grief Observed? I'm talking about... Well, the one about his wife I mean, dying? I don't it's know the, for it's sure. the one where he, I know there's he a book struggles with by his joy. faith. He struggles with his faith after his wife dies. Oh, sure, give away the ending. I think it's a grief observed. It could be. It might be. All I remember is that it was the book that we read in my my philosophy class when I was a freshman in college, which was an odd class because we spent the first half of the class basically going through every major Western philosophy in recorded time and demonstrating how each philosophy was inadequate, and then we spent the second half of the class showing how Roman Catholicism was better than all of them. And I found that a little problematic for an introductory freshman philosophy class. Um, just a trifle. Little. Have you guys heard strong. that uh, there's a new left-wing um, anger with the uh, the C.S. Lewis series, the, the Narnia series that's coming out in movie form because they feel like it um, proselytizes too much and it glorifies religion too much? <laughs> Read the books. Yeah, I mean, frankly, if they're going to be loyal to the books, there's a lot of that in there. I think you'd be doing some pretty serious <laughs> violence if you got rid of the proselytizing. Like, the part where one of the characters, you know, I don't think I'm spoiling it. You should have read the book by this Turns point. Turns into a lamb? Yeah, how about, how about the where the point the character rises from the dead because of the magic from the deeper part of time? And he rises from the dead because he sacrificed himself for treachery of another person. Does that strike anyone as vaguely familiar? Like, I mean, wait, what? What religion are you saying that's like? Yeah, I know. Is that exactly. like? Is that Hindu? Hinduism? Zoroastrianism, actually. Zoroastrianism. Wait, Jainism, right? Jainism. Yeah. Okay. Chinese cool. folk. It's about Chinese folk. <laughs> <laughs> the red Jainism. Hi. Those of you who don't know what we're talking about, please go to our podcast from two weeks ago dealing with crazy New York City mayor candidates, and you'll see what we're laughing about. 
But anyway, yes. So we'll be sure to cite all references to former shows in future episodes and parenthetical citations. I was going to say this is like previously on the Met Report. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start our show with that. Just Iron <laughs> Flying Beaver. <laughs> no, my Voltron was better. Blood. Well, <gasps> I can't believe you're living. You know, what we need to do is we need to be able to put this into some kind of weird sound effect system to make it really pretentious. Like back in the day, before we really knew how to use podcasting, and then it's all really scratchy like an old record like well I'll tell the man what for you with your crazy podcast and then we do like a barbershop quartet thing and it's all really old school I could just make the links in Bert Sienna that might work it's <laughs> very nice <laughs> antique hello my baby hello my honey my we had to pose boy. for five years I'm for this picture <laughs> five years we stood baby, while he fiddled with his powders we had to transfer the bits of information by hand Uphill, both ways, in the snow. I'm a computer, it's I carried computer, each bite on my back. <laughs> <laughs> there was no such thing as a megabyte. We used pointed sticks, and we liked them. We used bits, not bites, but bits. bits. <laughs> and lots of them. Uh, um, but anyway, yes, I'm hoping that Narnia comes out really well because I really am nervous that it's going to end up becoming like a claymation bastardization of the novels, and I'm really hoping that it works out well. So, that is a movie I, I really think it'll be, it'll be top-notch. Hope so. I think it'll be... The and like Hitchhiker's Guide... Of the Narnia. Hitchhiker's Guide was such a great classic adaptation of the book. There have been a lot of people who are really clamoring for loyal adaptations of things lately. I'm trying to think. There have been a couple other things. The Harry Potters have been extremely loyal adaptations. The Lord of the Rings people were as really loyal are, as they could be, really. I mean, yeah, I don't know about that, because I never read them. I know. Hurricane incoming, but, you know. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is it? I know. Hurricane incoming. Where is it coming from? Yeah. In fact, I I started to read The Hobbit and hated it, and no, but I was done with Tolkien. First of all, the Oh, Hobbit. my God. He had the same story as me. It's amazing. Well, first of all, The Hobbit is actually a pretty good book if you give it a chance. Yeah. But secondly, it's different than these other books. A much different tone than the other No, books. seriously, story. When I was sure. 11, I read The Hobbit. I was about 250 pages in, decided it was boring, and stopped. And that was the end of my reading was, of The Lord was, of the Rings I was, trilogy. I was 10. I was 10 and dropped it after about 120 pages. But that's not yep. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, Boom. you realize. There you go. Same story. It there must it be is. true. Same it's story. not Lord of the Rings. Same existence. And you were 11 when I was 10. It was the same time. Oh my, oh my God! It's synchronous. You're like the time traveler's wife, except you're not it's married true. and you don't know each other at that time. But Holy crap! It's exactly the same otherwise. Right. That you know of. It's crazy. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, you two were married in a secret time uh, traveling ceremony that we've never heard of. I true. changed my Absolutely. name from Corey Slayton. <laughs> It's true. You never believed that Guberman was an actual last name, did you? <laughs> no, just to be funny. Come on. Uh, yeah. It's true. Story. Or story, an actual name, story for that matter. It's all, it's all just humor. It's true. We were both named Corey Slayton. We hated that name. <laughs> we went different ways with it, but it's the same nonetheless. I was thinking that some combination of you two would actually be problematic. Can yeah. you imagine Story Russ Clayton Guberman? I would think that would be a pretty... That would be a name you could Google and get a hit on. Hello, yeah. my name is Toroso Clayton Uberman. Already infinitely Googleable, and to be fair. True, but even more so now, under those circumstances. I agree. True, we could just throw a Godzilla behind our name and make them more Googleable, too. Yes, I can safely say, in, in our country, 
and very possibly in any other country, there is no other Russell Guberman. Not not a one. Oh, not a Russ, and absolutely no other story, Clayton. Russ, stop right there. I cannot believe I didn't tell you this. I went to a writing session the other day in D.C. for legal writing taught by Ross Guberman. Oh, R-O-S-S. <laughs> Whoa. G-U- wow. G-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. R- so he's like you, yeah. except just different enough that your claim may be true. And as I Google wow. him, Ross Guberman, legal writing pro. There it is. Fantastic. With the Rompa School of Enlightenment. And there he is. He looks kind of funky. I mean, okay, fair enough. I told him all about you two. I told him about Russ Guberman. He was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> He was, funny. He was uh, like, thank you I for coming to be Ross Guberman in existence. He's like, thank you for telling me this. You know what's crazy Please about see. that? Is we switch the U and the O. It's like he uses it's true. his U for my O and my O for his U. And I just have one extra O. He looks a lot like Jordan in this picture. Everyone go to yeah. legalwritingpro.com <laughs> slash bio.html and you will see a picture of a man who looks distinctly like Jordan Factor. Ross Guberman, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. You're blowing my mind. I am a unique snowflake. Russ, was there a reason And look, that here's his testimonial about how he once read The Hobbit when he was a kid and... No. <laughs> <laughs> and Russ became the Flash video zombie. Russ, the end. Um, is there a... Do you, or do you know something about Chuckle Money? Chuckle Monkey? Does that make any sense to you? Chuckle Monkey. Oh, did you find you found my uh, my Google hit on ChuckleMonkey.com? Yes, I did. Is that like the Chuckle yes. Hutch in Omaha, Nebraska? <laughs> no, it is in fact the stand-up comedy directory website where they have a message board for uber comedy geeks as opposed to normal other kinds of geeks where people can lols about comedy shows that they've seen in the city. And so the guy who posted that, I've read that before, was a... Uh, for a very, very short time in a comedy troupe with me. It, in fact, it was so short, it was about a month. We did two shows with the, uh, the Hollywood Misfits, is what we called ourselves, and he was in the Hollywood Misfits, and so was I, and he was promoting one of those shows that you, you see there. I see. Um, I'm trying to find where exactly... All I know is that it says that you're unstoppable, so I'm just looking to see. It looks like this is not a heavily I'm used form. You know what the current... The current top hit... I'm sorry, I have to share this. The ter- current top hit for Google... For Russ Guberman is indeed the map report. That's good. That's quality. Are you serious? That's, that's hilarious. How yeah, that it happen? What about all my freaking tournament results, you bastard? What have I, you done to me? I know how to do Google, man. I know how to do Google rank. Everything I touch turns to Google rank. Damn it. That's all I can say. Look at that. It's already above all the debate stuff. Look, that what's sucks. more important, Russ, is what is important, debate, or what is what important, the map report? Come on. It just makes it seem so frivolous that something I've done for like three weeks can trump four years of debate. <laughs> well, let's see. How about if we were to put in... To be fair, the blue pyramid is in the top six. Andy now is... His what? If you do a Google for Andy Terrell, he's second on that list as the MEP report, only barely under the Columbia University Parliamentary Debate Team. Wow. There it is. Yep. And if we Google Greg Wilson, we get we do Greg, the Greg Wilson, Wilson group at a thousand other hits. Oh, God. Yeah, but Greg Wilson with Brandeis, which is a good modifier. The map report is third behind Brandeis University Debate and Speech Society and The Road. So that's pretty, pretty fitting. That's high quality. And also um, the final program for the forum on Parallel Curricula, which is a little disturbing. 
And for Story Clayton, I see no MEP report. How strange. No, it's on the second page. Yeah. It's true. Right above... Mostly, right mostly <laughs> basic <laughs> references. Yes, right above something about Blue Heron at Druid Labs. That's very funny. Which is just somebody posting the loosely based book quiz result. Well, I suppose that we should maybe uh, wrap this one up for the week. We want to uh, thank you guys and ask you to continue to check out mepreport.com, www.mepreport.com. We're trying to connect and link and, you know, get our names out there. So please make sure that you find out about us, that you get more information, and that you spread the word. And um, you'll know that you've done the proper thing when you hear the following sound. (laughs) (laughs) Say goodbye, everyone. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Never Google me ever. Ever ever. Ronald Don't Reagan. Google me. Ronald no. Reagan. No, no, no. Don't Ronald Reagan. Know. Bad bad mojo. Bad mojo. Ronald Reagan. Money back at the door.